0: hello there. Welcome to Open Sources Guelph on CFRU 93.3 FM, CFRU.ca, Guelph Campus and Community Radio. I'm Adam A. Donaldson of Guelph Politico and joining me
1: in... Scotty Hertz and we can promise you a show of no resignations, (laughs) uh, no firings and no... uh, Everything's exploding today uh, for conservatives in particular the world over. But uh...
0: yep, we are within Elections Canada guidelines for <laughs> for running leadership contests. So uh... no budget has been breached because there isn't one. <laughs> no budget isn't breached because there's no budget. <laughs> you can't budget. You can't breach a budget that isn't there. I found this notebook lying
1: on the ground. That's what.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Next time, don't, don't, don't put the blue ledger in the freezer. That's the first place they look.
1: Oh, of course. Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Open sources is CFRU's political and current affairs discussion show. And you can find us here every Thursday at 5 PM. As we talk about the latest news items from Guelph, Ontario, Canada, and around the world. And we sometimes interview local newsmakers and politicians, which this week will be the central Wellington mayor and Wellington County warden, Kelly Linton, who is retiring from both of those positions this fall. But first he's going to talk to us about the lessons he's learned Uh, wealth and county relations and how the pandemic might have changed things forever Uh, that will be at the bottom of the hour before that we're going to talk about a few news items from the last week including the growing trends of homophobia and transphobia both in the U.S. and here in Canada and how we fight back but first uh, we need to talk about the latest news from Trump world and uh, boy this was a doozy Uh, Joe Rogan has refused Donald Trump many times uh, in appearing on the Joe Rogan experience podcast. And uh, that vicious, vicious press release from Donald Trump
1: on the subject today. Who? I didn't happen to see it. Was it? Oh, you being facetious or is it like, <laughs> is it bad? No, I mean, I find it a
0: little ludicrous that the former president of the United States issued a press release Um you know ostensibly yelling at a podcast host for saying that that for because that podcast podcast host said he never wanted to have uh that president on his show ever um seems like the stakes are a little <laughs> small um <laughs> i mean i like
1: joe but you know i yeah i don't you know i probably don't even need to read it to know kind of what it said but yeah it's... And this is the big deal like well... oh my god <laughs> well like... the bigger deal
0: is of course what's going on with the january 6 hearings uh still a lot of fallout from last week's uh emergency hearing from casey uh cassidy hutchinson sorry uh her name is cassidy hutchinson and it has apparently been enough to shake the former White House counsel, Pat Cipollone, into doing a sit down with the commission. It will be on the record. It will be videotaped. However, we're unlikely to see that videotape or we're unlikely to see it until it's leaked. Uh, There will, however, be transcripts. So we will likely hear some of that next Tuesday or this coming Tuesday when the next hearing will take place on the 12th at 10 a.m. But that is kind of the big news is that they're finally getting that sit down with Pat Cipollone. He's been kind of uh, shifty uh, he's been shifty he's been trying to be shifty from shifty shift hey um, but anyway it's I mean this is all far from over and uh, the, the, the the details continue to be disturbing and uh, we do continue to learn new things which a lot of pundits not us but a lot of other terrible pundits said was unlikely to happen in the midst of all this there there are new things being learned all the time
1: Oh, yeah. That's, uh, I mean, she just threw a grenade into the room, Cassie mm-hmm. Hutchison, last week. It was like, what? So, and it such, she seems so calm on the whole thing as well. It was just, um, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like some of the, uh, I, I, I don't know. If she's, she's not directly, I mean, she was involved with in the Trump camp, but not in the gang, let's say. Like she's not a Julianne style person, but it was just very former yeah. aid giving this, this, lengthy some of it taped and then some of it in person for her to like confirm what she had said but um you know she and I, at one point she got a little patri- you know as an american i've i i can not remember her exact words she was using like american i just felt you know that this was like mm-hmm. but uh, and some of the things coming out like trump knowing that there was people there he seemed to know that there were people there with weapons but they're not after me so he right. seems so he's okay with that it's like well they're not going after me so if they've got weapons it's fine and i guess they did a bit of a breakdown of uh, yep there's some guy up a tree and uh he's probably a proud boy and he might have a gun i was like <laughs> what the hell so i guess more of the you know the more they dig mm-hmm. um and they, they obviously don't have to dig uh, too far and also the the hint of well it was that we joked about it off the top last week about the gonna strangle the Secret Service agent yeah. <laughs> you can yeah. picture that but the what I thought was interesting and kind of sad too was the you know him throwing his food around or something and she felt it sounded like she felt compelled to clean this ketchup off the wall and just right the visual, uh-huh. the visual of that Bella was like oh man like this you you want to talk about a toxic workplace this is like several notches above regular toxicity levels, right? Uh, it just it seemed, it was sad, but at the same time, kind of like, oh, this is probably just thin edge of the wedge stuff. <laughs> Tron plates. I was surprised he eats off of porcelain plates anyway, but. Uh, you mean instead of cardboard containers? Yeah, yeah. Um, In the box.
0: Yeah, and I think that stuff, I mean, although that stuff is like interesting from the, like the palace intrigue, Point of view, it it I think a lot has been focused on that, and not enough has been focused on things like a lot of this stuff didn't come out until her like one of the reasons why there was an emergency meeting is it was because it, it was like coming out of her fourth deposition, mm-hmm. and that's because that was the point she changed lawyers. Now apparently, a former Trump administration official who's now like a CNN pundit, you know, of course, uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, of course,
1: and um, then they went MSM. I can't believe it,
0: yeah. Yikes. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I can, <laughs> yeah. I mean, Alyssa Far Griffin, part time CNN commentator, part time few host, uh, substitute, <laughs> uh, went and to, uh, apparently it told Cassidy Hutchison, connected her with an entirely different lawyer because the lawyer. Hutchinson had was uh, you know being paid for by people in Trump world, and not, not, not a lot of the specifics have come out about this, but it's kind of implied that uh, it seems like Trump world is supplying lawyers to people like Hutchison, who was like a simple staffer and didn't make a lot of money, and mm-hmm. you know probably can't afford you know the billable hours of going to testify to a congressional committee, um, and of course. You know, lawyers will point out, well, it's not necessary, it's not illegal for someone to pay for a lawyer for someone else. But the question is, who are the lawyers serving? Are they serving the constitutional interests of Cassidy Hutchinson and other White House staffers they may be representing? Or are they serving the interests of Donald Trump? And then at the end of that, you get Liz Cheney coming out with these text messages. And apparently, one of them was to uh, Hutchinson. That was like something to the effect of, uh, the president is like watching these hearings and he knows you're going to do the right thing which is yeah. such a which is such a mobby thing to do um and and you know speaks to if if the allegations hold up speaks to witness tampering which yeah uh, again like a lot of legal experts would point out like this is like kind of low-hanging fruit it's like it's, it's going to be tough to throw any kind of federal charges about like insurrection or leading an insurrection but you know they could definitely get Donald Trump on witness tampering that's like a charge that's pretty easy to get somebody on <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. like getting Al Capone on his taxes right yeah but, yeah definitely. and that's that yeah it, it's definitely witness intimidation for sure and part of that too was something like he's he's been thinking about you. Uh, which is so creepy it's super (laughs) creepy like there's lots of levels where that could go but i i is it is she supposed to feel blessed that this guy is thinking about her or is it kind of like um i mean i don't know what she does now take it she's left the team i would imagine so but yeah um but yeah, I mean, and she's, it's not as if she's a partisan person, right? She's like a Republican or works yeah. for Republicans. Um, it's, a, it's a little different in a lot of other countries where, you know, you just have these admin people that come with the, come with the place right there. It's like, mm-hmm. it's all loyalists. And then mm-hmm. you've got Liz Cheney, the Republican, asking these questions. I'm sure they're being, I have, I've tried to stay away from it, but I'm sure they're being completely vilified on, on the socials, which I've just dialed completely back. Cause I can't, you know, Mm-hmm. i can't even you know as the kids <laughs> say uh, but yeah so and other the some of the other things coming out too, the whole like trump being well aware that these the proud boys and others were gonna kill pence and how close he came to getting uh you know within their orbit i, I presumably may mm-hmm. have gotten smoked it wasn't mm-hmm. for there was that and i saw the animation and i was like what is, is he came that close to these guys getting them that's yeah they probably would have done a in right? So it's like I mean that that's a sort of a kind of maybe thing, but yet it's uh, yeah, it's that that was unbelievable. There's so much just this just like was kind of known, and that's like really that's that's how close that came. But yeah, but he didn't he didn't call the dogs for what like a whole. I think the exact number was 187 minutes, right? Mm-hmm. That's how long it took. That's that's how deep dive they've gone on all this evidence. Like that's how long it took for Trump to say, no, you know, Biden actually won. And of course he does that. The dogs get called off and then he just goes right back and no, it was stolen from me. Like, and he's still saying these things, right? Yeah. I mean, he still, I actually won like what the, yeah.
0: And this is like, there's so many mixed messages you're right like there was i think it was the the day the next day he gives this like hostage video speech in one of the rooms in the white house and like we're now gonna oversee the peaceful transfer of power and it's like okay great after the coup failed you're gonna oversee the peaceful like awesome awesome bro good job (laughs) um but yeah you're right he's still like if you know you run into trump at mar-a-lago and like oh hi Mr. trump you'll probably say oh hi how you doing by the way that election was stolen from me you know and of course it's it's trickling down like there are all sorts of races in the united states right now where you have in, in primary elections you have republican candidates loosening um only getting like five ten percent of the vote and they're like if this election was stolen from me um and it's it's like a talking point now it's 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 i mean it's practically a meme at this point i'm, I'm surprised it hasn't been memed more um <laughs> but i mean that's that's kind of the the trend lines that we're dealing with. And the other thing that uh, has sort of gotten snowballed was that testimony from Mike Flynn that they showed where Liz Cheney was like, uh, did you think the insurrection was morally right? And he's like, I take the fifth. And she's like, do you think the insurrection oh, yeah. was was legally right. And he's like, I take the fifth. And she's like, do you even believe in the peaceful transfer of power? And he says, I take the fifth. And it's like, you take the fifth on the peaceful transfer of power? Like, if you believe, <laughs> you know, weren't you a three-star general? And I've, I've, I've heard some people call on, you know, again, calling the Department of Defense. Is like, there's a clause. When you sign up for the military, after you retire, you can be reactivated. Somebody reactivate Mike Flynn. Uh, and then court martial his ass um, because, I mean, he is drawing a military pension um, and he, you know, if, if he takes the if if he's afraid of self-incriminating by answering the question, if whether he believes in the peaceful transfer of power, um, I, I, I mean, is, is there a more court court martianable? offense if that's a word i'm gonna it's it's a word now
1: but uh yeah. another <laughs> phrase coined to uh, hear it open <laughs> court martianable <laughs> but yeah, yeah that, that's, that's the thing yeah that and the the it coming out that a bunch of them had been asking for pardons that was part of the yeah yeah yep. as well it's like they're just well oh, please pardon me I think I saw a list of at least six, but it's gets was one of them. Um, but yeah, it's like <laughs> from the beginning of time to this moment is, but yeah. the, the, the,
0: the <laughs> he wants, he wants pardon for crimes he committed before he was born, um, just, just, which is, is awesome. Me. Just pardon me for everything. Please go, you know, go big or go home, I guess.
1: And of course, nobody got a pardon. Trump just wouldn't do that. Cause it's not. what well, we think, well, it's yeah. It's not that it's not his style. It's just that he's he doesn't care, right? He's a, he, you you have all your henchmen or hench people uh, doing this, and it's like he doesn't care. So it's all about him, right? So, mm-hmm. including the uh, well, the other thing that the election defense fund, which sounds like it's just ripped off a bunch mm-hmm. of you know a bunch of the supporters, something like what two hundred fifty million dollars. Yeah, just goes straight into the one of the Trump packs, right? Or any organization to do with with trump it's just it's pure grifter stuff they're not you know they're not using that to fight for fair elections or anything it's just to you know line the pockets right blatant it's not even they didn't even hide it they're not even hiding it's a it's a pack you can do whatever right just stuff are full of money we don't care and then and then we'll just i don't know what, what we'll do with it well more stuff has
0: come out about that recently about you know how um You know, someone on a limited income gave the Trump campaign like $500, which is like a pretty massive sum if you're um, someone on a fixed income. And then, you know, the next day, because they didn't unclick a box on the website or whatever, $500 more is taken out. By the end of the day, this person had paid like $3,000 to the Trump campaign when they only meant to and give the Trump campaign $500. But you know what? Um, A lot of people are still like, yeah, I'd vote for Trump again, sure. And I mean, that's, uh, speaking of the Proud Boys, they've been making news in other places. Uh, mm. Most famously, well, maybe not most famously, uh, but uh, during Pride Month, uh, there was an incident at a California library where they were doing one of these drag queen story hours, which sounds like it. Should have like a thunderbolt shaped exclamation point at the end, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, they went in. They scared the kids. They said some very transphobic, disgusting things uh, at this, you know, very family friendly event in the broad light of day, where a, a fabulously made up drag queen reads, uh, I don't know, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory to kids, uh, <laughs> or something equally that- innocuous. <laughs> <sighs> say, it's, has that been canceled i'm not sure probably right <laughs> <laughs> well a lot of those kids had it coming just saying um so <laughs> but uh it's a sign that there's a growing trend of transphobia and homophobia going on. It seems relatively unchecked. It's a Canadian phenomenon, too. Something very similar was happening in Victoria. Uh, they received uh, a Victoria Drag Queen story. hour event was receiving threats. Uh, same in Calgary. Uh, even here, closer to our area in the Wellington County area, there was a spate of uh, a weekend where fly- pride flags were torn down in various places around Wellington County. Uh so it's uh you know the great uh arc towards justice is uh definitely veered off somewhere along the along the road.
1: Yeah, and there was I was thinking about that because there were a couple local things too. The Stratford Rainbow Crosswalk, like within a day had been yeah. Either skid marks or hate graffiti as well, and also that. It was Peterborough where the pride flags were getting burned. Like you're just going to burn your pride flag,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and this <clears throat> this is going at a lot of different levels. There's there's that level, um, there's the internet level, and the I learned a new phrase actually. The concern troll. <laughs> uh, I don't know if you know this one, Adam, but mm-hmm. about how I think it used to be called a straw man argument. So there's there's language changing, right? Well, it's like look at this thing, look at what's happening. What are we going to do about this? And it's something that isn't actually a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's being made into a problem and it, it isn't just that level of editorial, but then it goes further. Um, like the amount of legislation, particularly in the States, not as much, well, not here uh, state legislators passing. I think it was 130 bills That mm-hmm. all. They were all pretty much anti trans, anti LGBTQ, like you name it. Right. Mm-hmm. Some of and they all like, Sorry, they didn't pass those, but twenty-five of them were signed into law, and supposedly there was like thirteen just blatantly anti-trans uh, laws passed in eight states. Everything from banning uh, youth transitioning to the the change rooms is like the battle. Role. It's like the change rooms. Oh my god! Mm-hmm. What if there's a man? Like, mm-hmm. it's just this is something that isn't a problem, mm-hmm. and yet it's 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 being you know codified into into law. Uh, and then that blows out into to social media generally, but in other places as well, like you say with the Proud Boys and whatnot. Uh, a prime example of something that went down in the past week was this business, and I hate to say his name because he's like uh, the one like, <laughs> default want for me, Jordan Peterson, mm-hmm. dead naming Elliot Page, and then it becomes this big uh, production, and then there's a meme out of it with him. What <laughs> was he like? Something about the, you know, the you woke people. Blah. I didn't want to paraphrase it <laughs> i can't even remember it even though i saw it about three times over the past day or you two.
0: woke people don't cancel me
1: yeah yeah but the way he says it somebody one of the posts was like this is like something out of an sctv sketch and we're like yeah it is I uh mean, jordan peterson's life is an sctv
0: sketch at this point yeah. like he, he was he was we so only- into the meat only diet he like yeah. went into a coma it was or something i care <laughs> those yeah. details are a bit shaky
1: that'll that mess you was- up right
0: yeah, so, yeah. That's,
1: so that's you know then that's one level, and then you have got the varying degrees with the uh, comments by Macy Gray and Ben mm. Midler, the varying degrees of like, I, are you sh- they're disrespectful, right? Are you sh- and to the and some of it is to the point of hate. Mm. Do you realize what you're saying? Take a step back, and then it's like, well, why do we care what famous people say? Mm. Uh, then there's the comedian level, like Ricky Gervais and Dave Chappelle, but all this pales. Uh, when it when you come down to it, in terms of the amount of people, particularly again in the U.S., that have been killed mm-hmm. because they are trans, right? Black yeah. Latinx mostly. But, yeah, you know it's it's like record number of fatal violent incidents involving trans people in the states.
0: Right. And this is not getting,
1: it's not, that's not changing. It's like, it's a constant that seems to be going up as well. It's like, well, what's, what is going on here? Right. And the Chappelle thing, too. Like,
0: you know, yeah, make all the offensive jokes you want. But, but, you know, there was that incident where someone got up on stage and tried to like strike Dave Chappelle.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And his first instinct in that moment was to make a transphobic joke about it, which, um, you know, goes from to, to me that goes crosses a line from he's, Oh, he's just a comedian trying to do some sort of social commentary to it's like, well, he, he must genuinely feel something if his first instinct after someone tries to assault him on stage is to say, Oh, it is to make a trans joke about it.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but yeah, it's, it's, I mean, there's a lot of, I, the whole thing with the drag queen story time too, is like not all drag queens are trans, not all trans are drag queens. Um, so when you have somebody like this Christopher Rufo character um, who is one of the main people responsible for making CRT uh, the, a wedge issue last year, he's, you know, time down like we should call drag queens trans strippers. It's like, well, I mean, again, what? it's 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 twice trans strippers is, is a term he's trying to get going, which doesn't make a lick of sense because A drag queens don't strip and B, again not all trans people are drag queens not all drag queens are trans people so (laughs) you know when you're dealing with this level of and i don't think it's even that he's genuinely bigoted i think he's one of these people that's turned being dumb and bigoted into like a marketing gimmick it's like there are a lot of people who are dumb and bigoted i can make money off of them if i look like i'm just smart enough to lead them and i mean this is The Ron DeSantos playbook, too. Um, with like don't say gay. And again, Mm. this stuff exists out there, and it's bad enough that exists on the like rancid corners of the internet. But when a governor of a large state says, We are going to put into law even if he says this that's not what this is about we're not sidelining gay people or marginalizing gay people or trans people or queer any queer people but when you pass a a law that says if you are a teacher you cannot talk about relationships that aren't heteronormative even if you are someone who has been happily married to your same-sex partner for 10 years or whatever you can't like, can you put a picture of your spouse if it's a same sex spouse on your desk? Probably not. Is this is the same thing going to be said to a teacher who as uh, is in a, a heteronormative relationship? Probably not. But because it plays with the cheap seats, that's what Ron DeSantis does. Mm-hmm. And he's more than happy to um get as many people in those cheap seats as possible. And that's what's really scary too. It's like this isn't a dark corner of the internet thing. This is a bright light of day in the mainstream thing that people like Ron DeSantis are trying to launder as as a as a as a marketing tool for themselves, as as for their own advancement. And it's gonna go wrong at some point. I mean it does go wrong every day, as you said, you know, mm-hmm. trans people are disproportionately the victims of violent crime. But you know, escalation is, you know, does that's at some point it's really gonna escalate. It whether that's gonna be like a, a MacArthur situation, like in the village um in, in Toronto or, right. you know, um something shall we say a little more publicly violent like i mean although uh I, i'm not sure what the the orientation of the victims of the highland park shooting uh, over the last weekend were um it's not impossible to think that there might be some pride event somewhere that could end in a similar type of
1: violence and it will well, uh, like be in oslo. traced back yeah like what yeah. happened in oslo
0: yeah
1: or, yeah. or the poles nightclub in in orlando like yeah that's yeah it's it's slippery slope stuff, but it kind of, it snowballs like, you know, on the one hand, Ricky Gervais will just say, well, it's just jokes. You know, it's just jokes, but then they're kind of lazy jokes. They're like, then jokes, the roots yeah. of it is all the same, right? Whether it's homophobia, uh, transphobia, xenophobia, racism, misogyny, you just, you combine all these things, but then if you're combining it it becomes this lethal uh, thing uh, that the times, I mean, you know, this is coming from male, cis, white perspective. But the times mm. where I have been harassed in error, mm-hmm. and it's happened more than once, is always homophobic yeah, or anti-Semitic, weirdly. And yeah. the anti-Semitic's been online because of my name. People think I'm Jewish, and this has happened. But uh, I've also, uh, there was one incident where I had eggs thrown at me, and the let's call it, let's say the F word. Cause I don't know whether I'm supposed to say it. Mm. It's like, okay, I'm just random person walking along. And, and that, that's what you default to. If you're defaulting to that, then it's something deep, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's right. Uh, you, you're, you're, you're saying this and it's like, okay, first of all, you're incorrect, but that's not the point. I don't care that you, you got that wrong. Cause it doesn't matter to me what, what does matter is like this, this is random. At, and yeah, it, an attack of sorts, let's say, but you know, you're just, you're just going to throw eggs at somebody walking by and call them the F word. Um, and not, you know, you know, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. So it's like that, that, that's the problem that, that is a problem that, you know, so what is next for those people? Right. Random golf people, whoever the hell they were. Don't know. Good thing they didn't stop, but that's another (laughs) story. Uh, seriously. But so that beyond that, it's like this, it's, it's system-wide right i don't know i don't know if i want to say systemic but you know there is a level of that to this right and it just seems to be an accepted level of hatred and it's it's riding this um a wave of sorts right well i mean it's all connected too,
0: in, in terms of like the white supremacy picture too like when they're talking about grooming i don't think they mean like grooming and, and I, this is a piece I read in, in the Washington Post. They're not necessarily talking about grooming um, for sexual abuse. I mean, grooming kids to be gender flexible and are gender fluidic, um, because if you have men dating men, women dating women, you end up with fewer white babies. Which ties into the whole white supremacy picture of this, mm-hmm. which is, you know, that you have, we have to give birth to a ton of white babies because of the quote unquote browning of different places, which is, you know, a thoroughly repellent point of view too. But I mean, that's how it ties together as well is that it, it, it all ties into this bigger picture of, of, of white, of white supremacy and, and bigotry as well, but.
1: Inflate the hate, right?
0: Inflate that's, the hate. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if we solved anything, but uh, I think it's important no. to, sh- to cast light on these things. Uh, after the break, though, we are going to go where open sources has never gone before, which is Wellington County. We're going to talk to Kelly Linton, who is the center Wellington mayor and the warden of Wellington County. After the break, you are listening to Open Sources. if you're on CFRU 93.3 FM, CFRU.ca, campus and community radio.
1: That was our royal cat records pick of the week royal cat records 21 mcdonald in downtown guelph and that was guelph's own trans star from the album famous door and the song was called phone phone
0: the famous door i don't know if that's this song <laughs> it might be another song on the album i don't know i haven't listened to it um not yet not yet but this time Earth's time there's always time. And uh, there's just enough time left in this term to have an interview with Kelly Linton. He is the mayor of Central Wellington and the warden of Wellington uh, Wellington County Council, which just means he's there, there's a, like a... You know how there's a city council, folks. There's also a Wellington County Council, and Kelly Linton is the head of that council, as well as being the mayor of the the Center Wellington Council as well. And we thought it might be interesting to talk to him. He is on his way out. He is finishing up two terms as Center Wellington Mayor and a term, well, technically two terms, and we'll get into that in in the interview, as the um, two two two-year terms. So technically one full four-year term as the warden of wellington county uh i think the thing i like to think this is going to be an interesting conversation uh lots mm-hmm. of good stuff about uh relations between guelph and wellington he's had to deal with on a political level a lot of anti-vax anti-mandate stuff as well oh, his deputy yeah. mayor was part of the end the lockdown caucus and we talked about that as well mm-hmm. so uh yeah let's hit play on the interview with uh mayor kelly linton and we will get that going starting right now all right, so uh, Mayor Kelly Linton, thank you so much for joining me today. It's my pleasure. So, I guess to get the most obvious question out of the way, you're you're stepping back after after two terms as the mayor of Center Wellington, and one term as the one full term, I should say, as the warden of uh, of the county of Wellington. So, uh, I mean, you're, you're you're a fairly youthful looking man, you know, you you probably have a lot of energy left. Uh, why why is now the right time to to step away?
2: Well, I've always always planned on doing eight years as mayor. I think um, in in local politics, municipal politics, small town politics, you kind of it's kind of like you're living in a fishbowl for eight years. Um, and you know, I, I don't want to get to the point where I'm I'm run down or um, you know I'm I'm too tired. I'm not there, but I don't I don't think for another four years would be the best thing to do. I think it's good to pass things over. I've always thought eight years uh, is a good amount of time. You need more than one term to get a lot of things accomplished. And so eight years was perfect for me. And then two terms as a warden because um, a warden for the county is a two-year term. So two uh, terms as a warden is is good, especially the last couple of years in COVID. It's been really tough. So it's time for me to step away and do some other things. <laughs> but thanks for telling me I look youthful. Thank <laughs> you. well. You're, you're quite welcome. Uh, I, I guess, you know,
0: you're probably not thinking that far into the future, but I mean, are you done with politics? It's like you've done everything you can set out to do, or is that a calculation uh, for the future? Like where, where do you fit in in terms of a future political career?
2: Yeah. I don't think you ever say no, uh, you know, I would never say at this point I'm done with politics. I think um, it's safe to say I'm, I'm, I think I'm at the end for politi- uh, for municipal politics, um, but who knows in the future? Um, I think I need a bit of a break right now. Um, get back into doing some uh, government change consulting um, and see what the future holds. All right. But let's look back then at your
0: I mean, especially the last couple of years. I mean, there have been so many unique challenges and, and I've been talking to different politicians about this. And, I, and I, I, I've tried to phrase it like I'm not trying to say that the pandemic was a good thing, but, you know, people get into politics so that they can, you know, lead. You know, wherever they live, where it's their riding, that's the province, it's, you know, there's their town or city through the unique challenges of the times And the last few years have certainly been unique challenging. Uh, do, do, do you feel like, again, trying not to paint COVID as a positive thing, but do, do you feel like you were able to rise to the challenges that, that COVID presented as, as a, a temporary political leader?
2: Yeah, I mean, let's face it, COVID was really tough. Uh, It was really tough for leaders. It was really tough for a lot of people, but especially um, it was tough for leaders because you always had to make decisions rapidly and you never had all the information. You know, we're dealing with illness not too many people knew uh, about. Um, It's kind of like you feel like you're building a plane while you're trying to fly it. Um, It just had that feeling, right? And and, you know, I, I felt like we did a really good job, both at the county level and the township level to provide solid, consistent leadership. You know, from day one, I made the decision as both ward and mayor that I was going to lean on um, and be informed by our, our public health professionals. And we did that right from day one. Um, and, you know, if I look back at COVID, I had two different experiences. One experiences was was with the county. And one was with the township. So with the county, it was a very positive experience. I had the full support of the other six mayors of the county. I had the full support of all 15 uh, councillors. Um, and because of that, we were able to move forward with consistent approaches and they, they all helped me get the mess- a very consistent message to the people who were very anxious at the time. I mean, I think sometimes we forget how, how much fear there was at the beginning days of COVID and we really had the it was important for us to get a clear, consistent message out to the people that we were doing what's in the best interest of our community and we're going to take health and safety as our number one priority at the township. It was a little different. Um, I didn't have the full support of council. I had uh, I had to move ahead and make some decisions on a deputy mayor position Um, after my deputy mayor joined the end of the lockdown caucus. um, And he was, sharing information that was inconsistent with the federal government, with the province, with the county, with the township, and the health professionals. So we had to make a call there. And that was a really difficult decision to make. I don't question it for a second, it was the right decision to make. Um, And also, you know, at the township level, um, there wasn't a sense among some of the counselors that it wasn't business as usual. So for example, we spent eight months um, rewriting a procedural bylaw, like things you should not be doing. It's a perfect case study on the things you should not be doing in the middle of a pandemic. Right. So, I, but saying that, the staff at the county level and the township level were absolutely amazing. You know, they both, both groups helped us roll out one of the biggest vaccination um, uh, mass clinics that uh, the county, that the region has ever seen, and we did it um, very, very effectively. And And to not to to dwell too much on
0: sort of the the anti-science movement, but I mean, you had to deal with that in your council chambers as well uh, with the township. You know, uh, I, I've been to protests and things here in Guelph, but it's it's never sort of crossed the threshold of City Hall here in Guelph. And, and that's something a, a unique challenge you had in Center Wellington.
2: Yeah, for sure. And and again, the differences between the county and the township were very stark. Um, At the county, all 16 of us were uh, vaccinated. Um, We got back to in-person meetings as quick as possible. We all masked up and we did in-person meetings uh, for the majority of the time. Um, At the township, uh, we have three out of seven uh, weren't vaccinated. And we had to, as a result, we had to stick uh, with virtual meetings for a long time. And as you know, virtual meetings aren't as effective. I mean, I don't know what we would have done without Zoom. Um, but at the same time, you know, getting back to in-person meetings was absolutely critical, um, and we were able to get there a lot faster um, in, in the counties uh, in the county versus the township.
0: I, I would second that from the media box. There is a distinct difference between even a hybrid meeting, um, where some councilors are present and and, and some aren't. Uh, I guess, what are the lessons then that you learned about, I mean, again, you have that unique perspective where you're serving on two different levels of government at the same time. And, you know, I guess what is, what what was your takeaway about, about governing and, and leading people in, in that time? Because, you know, the, the anti-science people or the science skeptical people we're talking about, they're not necessarily bad people. They're members of your community too, but they have been, led astray by forces that, you know, are outside of your control? You know, what did you, did you learn anything about sort of leadership and management from those experiences?
2: Oh, absolutely. I mean, I mean, Adam, I've been a government change consultant for like 20 years um, and nothing, nothing is as impactful as being immersed in local politics and local government, especially in the middle of a pandemic or an emergency situation. So again, um, I think the takeaways for me from a leadership perspective um you make the best decisions you can with the information that you have and you stay as consistent as possible and you make sure you communicate out um, the decisions that you've made and why you've made them and stick to your guns i mean you know, in a, in a pandemic, um, as in as in business as usual, you're 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 going to have it where people don't like you. You're, you're going to have it where people speak out against you, and and they 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 passionately disagree with you. And as a leader, you have to have courage, and you have to say, you know, let those things bounce off. And it's it's easier said than done. I realize, but um, you know, from a, a leader who, um, you know. Had had some difficulties internally. Um, you really have to get a backbone, and you really have to just decide what's in the best interest. You know, make sure you have the right people around you. That's, I mean, that's that's something that should go without saying. But it's so incredible, incredibly important to have good people around you. Um, have a high performing ha- high performing staff, and make sure that they have what they need um, to get the job done. Um, and stick to your decisions, and and don't second guess yourself. You know. It's better to make um, uh, small mistakes from time to time during a pandemic than it is to waffle than it is to do nothing at all, um, because that's the situation that we're in. And I think that's the the takeaway from leadership is just, you know, g- get all the facts um, and move ahead with the best decision at the time and be consistent.
0: Right. I want to move on with another challenge that uh, both Guelph and Wellington County has been experiencing in the last few years, the growing um growing trends of homelessness and, and mental health and addiction uh, needs. Uh, I don't know how often you dip into uh, Guelph Council business as, as an observer, but it was, it was talked about this week at Committee of the Whole. I am curious um, in, in terms of how like the issues with homelessness and addiction and, and the mental health crisis um, from, from, from your chair, how, it, how are those issues different in, in the County um, from the way you kind of maybe understand them here in Guelph,
2: yeah, that's a really good question, Adam. And, and they and they do look different. They look different in the county versus the city of Guelph. And the city of Guelph, homelessness um, is is front and center. You go downtown and you see it right away. In the county, it's a little more subtle. Um, in the small towns that we have, uh, we have you know probably about ten small towns uh, within Wellington um, County and it's a little bit more subtle. You have people who are, who are couch surfing, you have people who are um, not, not, um, not in, the, in the best way and they're living uh, fairly rough, um, but it's not front and centre. You don't see that if you go downtown Fergus or downtown Laura or Palmerston or some of our small towns. So, we, we have to approach things a little bit differently. That being the case, I mean, this um, uh, housing and homelessness is one of the things that is confusing to a lot of uh, residents of the City of Guelph and a lot of residents of, of Wellington County because the County of Wellington um, is the delegated authority when it comes to all social services, which includes homelessness, housing, um, uh, workfare, and some of those social services. Um, and so, Wellington County is on the hook for providing the provincially mandated social services, which include uh, services to homeless people. That doesn't necessarily mean that all social services fall under the county. Provincially right. mandated social services fall to the county. So if there's programs that the city of Guelph thinks it ne- needs to do that are specific to the city of Guelph, or Wyington County has some programs that are called social services but are outside those mandated programs, they're free to do programs outside of the Wynton County's purview. For example, we, the, the Wellington County moved ahead on its own funding to do mental health uh, for our youth and to partner with the Canadian Association for Mental Health. And we put Wellington County tax dollars to that because it fell outside some of those mandated programs. The city of Guelph is free to do the same thing. Right. So I, I often talk to uh, Mayor Guthrie. We have we have conversations all the time. I'm very aware of the pressures in the city of Guelph and the County and the city have been working really well together and it's all hands on deck for this issue. And we want to do whatever we can to support.
0: Cause I think what you're getting at is that, um, I don't know if it's, if we could call it a gap or, or a, a loophole in sort of how we, how we approach these social services. But I did hear this from a couple of delegates at this week's committee, of the whole meeting here in Guelph that, you know, what is the county doing? You know, we give the county all this money. And, and, you know, at the end of the day, the money Guelph gives to the county is the social housing, child care, um, the, the Ontario Works programs, which, as you said, are provincially mandated. So, I, you know, maybe there's a bit of misunderstanding between, you know, how much power we have in Guelph and overestimating how much power the county has in the situation.
2: Well, and, and that's what I was getting at, Adam. I mean, there's a, there, there needs to be some clarity brought to this conversation. And, and that is that the county is responsible for provincially mandated programming in both the city and the county. Um, and based on an arbitrated agreement, the city, the city of Guelph is required to pay a certain percentage. The county is, is, needs to pay a certain percentage based on an arbitrated decision back several years ago. Anything above and beyond that. Um, is where the discussion and that's where the challenge is right um but to say, but to say that the Wellington county is the only order of government that's in charge of social services is not accurate right right but it, it does make me curious I mean and
0: granted some of the friction between the the county and the city of Guelph predate both you and mayor Guthrie um but I wonder if this is one of those things where If there was maybe a tighter relationship, and I don't mean like a strictly like comparing us to, you know, say the city of Waterloo and Waterloo region, but if we felt or if there was kind of more of a political connection between the city of Guelph and the county of Wellington um, is, is, you know, if we were closer like that, would that make some of these issues easier? Or is it just like that's overly simplistic?
2: No, I don't think it is. I think it's going down the right path for sure. And I and I've read um, uh, Mayor Guthrie's motion, and I and I and I understand it, and I appreciate that a lot of it comes back to clarity on who's responsible for what. Um, and regard regardless of what it ends up being, any any area where there's um, a gray zone um, where we we're not sure who's accountable for what results, you have the potential for a problem. Right. And. If if that motion uh, helps, and I'll be I'll be in, as involved in that as I can be, because I think it's really clarity is our friend. Um, it's really important that we're clear on who's accountable for what results, and I think. In this kind of complicated world where, where the, the County of Wellington oversees the delivery of provincially mandated social service programs, it's really important that the city of Guelph has a really strong understanding of what programs are going to be supported by the county. And it's it, um, conversely, it's important that the county, uh, the 16 county councillors understand how the county is being served along with those social services and the city of Guelph. So anything that create um, some more clarity, if there's a need for another body uh, for the city of Guelph to have another body that, that oversees social uh, services for the city of Guelph, I welcome that because I think it's absolutely critical that um, the city of Guelph has a lot of input as to, as to how we do what we do at the County as well. What, what role would you like to see the province take on then? Well, at the end of the day, they're they're the they're the um, the level of government that has been um, that has the responsibility for homelessness and 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 if, and affordable housing programs. So they have to take a leadership role if if there's anything that they can do to um, to make it more clear what the rules are and, and to increase funding um, to in, in this in, in this this area I think is really critical and and I know Mayor Guthrie and myself um, we'd love to have uh, delegations uh, to the ministry at the upcoming um, AMO conference and if we can do a joint delegation with the county and the city to to let the, the ministry understand the complexities that we're dealing with when you have a, a city and a county with seemingly very different needs but they're being provided under the same umbrella group for uh, mandated social services, um, I think that the province has to understand the complexities when you have a separated city in the middle of a county.
0: Right, and just uh, maybe this is a spoiler for you. Uh, your your Cao may be getting that call about a joint meeting. <laughs> um, it, it was definitely talked about at uh, at committee this week. Um, admittedly i am not as as hyper aware of the the politics of wellington county as i am of of what goes on at at the city of guelph but i I do try to keep my my finger on the pulse uh or at least through the wellington advertiser i try to get my finger on the pulse but um i know that there was some discussion at at council um in, in the not too distant past about you know moving the administrative building out of guelph i mean i think that's highly symbolic that, you know, the, the administrative building is in downtown Guelph, uh, not the exact center of Wellington County, but maybe uh, the the symbolic center of Wellington County is looking at it from the other side. um, Is, is, is it possible that maybe we don't need each other as well, that maybe we are growing apart and maybe that's natural and organic, but I mean uh, how, how long can, our marriage, uh, so to speak last?
2: Well, that's, that's a pretty, um, interesting question, <laughs> uh, fairly conceptual. So <laughs> we can go, we can go down that path, but I think to be very practical up front is, um, the relationship will work as long as there's clarity on who's responsible for what. Okay. Um, you know, I don't think there's ever been a time that I'm aware of where the city of Guelph and the County of Wellington have had this good of a relationship. Um, you know, when it comes to um, the smart cities challenge that we won together, the 10 million dollar smart cities challenge, we're working really well. On the circular food economy. It's a the city, a city of Guelph and the county of Wellington staff working together. We're seeing significant progress. And it's a really good example of how an urban and a rural community can work together and leverage each other's strengths. So that, that's great. And um, we've been working on the housing and, and the homelessness issue together. Um, and another good example of us working together is what we did um, as two of the three members of the public health, Wellington, Dufferin, Guelph Public Health. Um, Cam, uh, uh, Mayor Guthrie and myself, were, uh, we were talking to each other uh, very uh, frequently about making sure that the city and the county did things together when it came to mandatory masking for indoor settings, when it came to putting in place an emergency uh, declaration, when it came to taking it away. We did everything in coordination because we recognize that um, at a time when we're dealing with an emergency, clear and consistent messaging is, is your friend and we really worked hard to uh, do things together so we have a really good relationship we have something really good to build on there's no animosity I mean as you know uh, Mayor Guthrie sits on our social services committee and and we have a really good discussion so we're working well together um and I and I don't see it as a problem long term I mean the the county uh, headquarters being in Guelph is a different issue um and, and it's not, it's, in that's for the next council to decide for, um, because I don't see any, uh, personally, my personal feeling is I like it being in Guelph because it's kind of like it's in Switzerland, <laughs> um, because center Wellington is by far the largest <laughs> of the seven municipalities. So we have, um. Hundreds of acres of property, uh, right in the middle of Center of Wellington and uh, Wellington Place, and we could build a big administrative center there. But there's something so special and something so historic about Wellington County um, Administrative Center right now, um, and I like it where it is. It, there's so much history there. Uh, it's a beautiful facility. If you've ever had the chance to spend some time in it, like I have. Um, and it's working really well. Now, maybe, maybe at Wines in place um, in the middle of the county, maybe that's where we build more offices for our staff. But as far as Wines County Council, I personally, I see no desire. I have no desire at all to see that moved out of the city of Guelph. I like that, like Switzerland. Uh, <laughs> to put
0: this, to put the spotlight back on you as we're kind of running out of time here, you're, you know, looking to going back to the private sector and a consulting capacity. So, how has you know being a, a community leader, how's being a mayor sort of changed your view of of municipal governance? And and how are you taking those changes back to the, the private sector with you?
1: Um,
2: I think I think being mayor and being warden, uh, heads of council for two different levels of municipal government, is going to make me a better consultant for sure. Um, it helps me appreciate the dynamics of politics and how that influences how you lead. Um, so, you know, if I if I marry that experience with uh, over 20 years of consulting experiences to government agencies across Canada, I think um, that I'll be able to work with work effectively with other leaders to actually get things done. And the thing that's always been what has motivated me. Um, I'm, I have so little patience for uh, sitting around a boardroom table and, and marinating in problems. Like it, fr- it frustrates me when we don't do the tough things that we need to do to actually move the yardstick, to, to, to get things accomplished. And that's what has motivated me as a leader. And, and I think as a, as, a, as a consultant, when I get back into consulting and I kick off, re- relaunch my uh, business uh, consulting practice in government um, I think it'll make me, um, uh, it'll definitely make me a good asset for municipalities to do strategic planning and make sure that they build the tactical plans in place to, to accomplish things. Because, you know, what, what, is, what is really clear to me is, is you can get absolutely nothing done in four years very easily. Right. <laughs> and it's really, really tough to actually get things accomplished. Um, and it's easy just to, just to just to blame whoever on not getting things done, but um, you know getting getting things accomplished is tough.
0: Yes, it is., uh, you made it look easy though. But uh, Mayor Linton, uh, thank you so much for your time and and for your service these last eight years. i'm I'm sure. Uh, even even the constituents who did not always disagree with you will will miss uh, your voice um, at both levels. But uh, we appreciate your time today. Thank
2: you so much. Yeah, thanks for having me, Adam. I appreciate it.
0: All right, and once again, that was Mayor Kelly Linton for the first time, for the last time. Um,
1: <laughs> maybe oh, we should great to get county people on the show, right? Yeah, I was thinking we should do more county people. It seems 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 There's definitely some listeners out there, so. County, county people, get in touch with us. County folks, people, have a good chat. <laughs>
0: Bring us the county.
1: Build people. the bridge. Oh yeah, that, One big happy county.
0: I mean, there are a lot of uh, connections, and and you know, Kelly mentioned smart cities. That's something we share with Wellington County. This whole social services and homelessness and drug addictions issue. I mean, that's the, it, we should we should pay attention to Wellington County more. Mm-hmm. And if the, and that's the lesson of this week's open sources.
1: Brought and to we, you letter O. S, brought to you by <laughs> G. <laughs> and the number three. <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> anyway, that's <laughs> it for this week's show. We hope you liked it and you can stay connected to us at our website at opensourcesguelph.com. You can find us on Facebook at Open Sources Newswire and on Twitter at OS underscore guelph. If you'd like to listen to this show again, you can find it by downloading it from our website every Monday on the Guelph Politicast channel on Podbean or through your favorite podcast app at Apple, Stitcher, Google, TuneIn, and Spotify. You can find me personally on Twitter and Instagram at Adam A. Donaldson, and you can check out my news and politics site at guelphpolitico.ca.
1: And I'm Scotty Hertz on Facebook, Scotty Hertz on Twitter, and for all shows that you may listen to on CFRU, (laughs) check out cfru.ca slash shows to find out more.
0: Yeah, you should listen to more shows on CFRU. All the shows all the shows and there will be another show for you coming up next year on CFRU 93.3 FM CFRU.ca Guelph Campus and Community Radio this show will be back next Thursday at 5 p.m. for another open sources and we will see you then